0: welcome to the City of Roseville's podcast series, Roseville Connections. I'm Roseville's Public Affairs and Communications Director, Megan McPherson. Thank you for listening. Like all California cities, Roseville is facing budget challenges. Since the Great Recession, the city has been making budget cuts in response to rising costs and slowing revenues. To get your input and learn your service priorities, the city reached out to the community through Engage Roseville, in person and online. Through this, we learned that many in the community would prefer to raise revenue instead of making more cuts to city services. So in June, the Roseville City Council voted unanimously to place Measure B, a half-cent sales tax increase to protect Roseville's essential services, on the November ballot. This podcast is about the factors leading to the ballot measure and the likely impacts from the results of the vote. It is from a presentation the city has given to several community groups, including in this case to the Roseville Public Utilities Commission. There is also more information about Measure B at roseville.ca.us slash measure B. With that, here's my presentation about Measure B. First up, we have Public Affairs and Communications Director Megan McPherson. Good evening. Take us through the, the overview and outlook for Measure B. Yes. Thank you, Chair Veely and members of the Public Utilities Commission. I'm pleased to be here tonight um, at your invitation to provide information about the city's budget and outlook. And I do realize that, and I want to note for the um, audience members here in attendance, that this information does not apply to our utilities in terms of the budget. This is regarding our general fund. But it is important as citizens of Roseville, so um, all of the commissions and boards are getting the presentation on Measure B uh, in case the public and you as public officials um, are asked about it. And what we're going to cover tonight, um, the presentation is about 20 minutes, and then we'll have a chance for Q&A at the end, is our current budget, um, what has changed that has brought us to this place, the five-year outlook and forecast, Cuts that we've made at the city and our engaged Roseville community priorities that resulted from our outreach effort and then some facts about measure B and sales tax. So first we're going to start with our current budget. The city of Roseville has one of the largest municipal budgets in the region and there's very good reason for this. It's the, our utilities. We're a full-service city, providing more services than any other municipality in the region. Most of our half-billion-dollar budget involves the utilities. Roseville has four utilities, as you commissioners know. All are self-sustaining, and they do not draw on any general fund money. That's electric, water, wastewater, and solid waste. Our general fund is $139 million, and our general fund, in contrast, pays for police, fire, public works, parks, recreation, libraries, trails, and general government services. It's the quality of life services that people prioritize in Roseville. Now, just a small portion of our overall budget is discretionary, and you'll see that pulled out in green. Only $95 million of the $139 million general fund is discretionary. More than half of our discretionary dollars already go towards public safety, which is the City Council's number one priority. The other $45 million, less than half, pays for our parks, recreation libraries, public works, code enforcement, other general government services. And of the $44 million that you saw that was in the darker green or the lighter green that is restricted in the general fund, um, we receive those funds for specific expenses. So we don't have, this council does not have discretion over how those funds are spent because they come through grants, developer fees, gas tax revenue, landscape and lighting districts, community facility districts, and fees for service. And it's important to understand this because we we hear a lot of confusion about that, especially as the city's undertaking some bridges projects now along Dry Creek, three significant ones. Um, we opened a new parking garage this year, we opened a new fire station this year, and none of those funds draw none of those projects involved general fund dollars. So people ask us, how are you having an issue when you're doing all these things? It's like kind of like having a gift card that you can only spend on certain things. You can't spend a gift card for Home Depot at Lowe's. And this same kind of fact holds true for our restricted dollars. It's also important to understand where our discretionary revenues come from and also some of the misperceptions about tax revenues. To start with, 69% of total general fund revenues come from sales and property taxes. We receive $35 million from property tax and that's holding steady and healthy. And we receive $57 million in sales tax revenues. That's slowing and it's also more volatile depending on how the economy is doing. Most of the taxes that are generated in Roseville from sales and property tax go to the state. Um, and it's a subject that can be misunderstood, um, especially when people don't realize all the all the different jurisdictions of government that provide services to them. So let's start with sales tax. The city receives one cent, just one penny, of the seven and a quarter cents per dollar we pay in sales tax. So that means eighty six percent of the sales tax we pay goes to the state and some to the county. People assume because we have the auto mall and Galleria here that Roseville receives all of the tax income generated here. And that's simply not the case. And as we take a look at property tax, the city receives only 15% of what a typical household pays on their property tax bill. And so how does that break down? Um, Typically, property tax is 1% of the value of a home. And for an average Roseville home assessed at 410,000, owners pay about 4,100 in property taxes. And if you think that number might sound low based on property values, um, you have to keep in mind that Prop 13 puts a cap on the assessment values. And we have a lot of longtime homeowners here. So that averages out across the city. Only about 615 of that 4100 people pay typical average household pays and property taxes goes to the city, just $615, which means 85% goes to the state, including for schools. Now, creating a diverse tax base has been a strategic and intentional move by the city council over the years, and this greatly benefits our residents because they get more than they pay for. The cost to provide city services funded by sales and property taxes per household is $1,867 on an average basis. And this is other city services are funded through user fees like utilities um, and grants and assessment districts. So it's important to understand that Um, this is for the police, fire parks, um, streets. On an average basis, the city receives $750 from every household through property and sales tax revenue each year. That means that sales, that tax revenues generated by, biz, by visitors and businesses, fund the remaining $1,117 per household, which leads into our next slide. And we're asked, how does the city make up for that funding? Fortunately, in Roseville, our residents don't bear the full cost of the city services they receive, as we just went over. Because of Roseville's affordable, reliable utilities and our excellent public safety and amenities like parks and rec, we're a desirable place to locate a business. So we have a really strong business sector here. And because we have a strong retail sector with the auto mall, um, Galleria, Fountains, Costco, attractions like Top Golf, we attract many visitors from our city who don't live in Roseville but shop here. And this all adds up. It adds up to sixty percent of the cost of providing city services um, is paid for by visitors and residents. By vi- I'm sorry, by visitors and businesses, and not by residents. But they benefit nonetheless. So what has changed? What's gotten us to this point? There are many factors outside of our control that affect both our revenues and expenses in adverse ways. It's it's hitting us on both sides of the balance sheet. The first item outside our control is that consumers are buying services where they used to buy goods. And many of you probably have experienced this in your own households. People are buying lawn services. That's what I do. I don't own a lawnmower. Um, Lawn Services are not taxed in the state of California. Lawnmower purchases Um, They're buying Netflix service to stream movies instead of buying DVDs, buying Amazon Music streaming service instead of a CD, which generates tax, or they're buying a gym membership, which is not taxed, instead of equipment for a home gym, which is taxed. And so the difference is that services are not taxed, goods are. So the fewer goods people buy, the less sales tax the city receives. Another item outside of our control is online shopping. And most of us have purchased something online in the past year, and that really does affect our sales tax revenue. The way the state distributes sales tax from online purchases is different than if someone purchased the same item at a cash register in Roseville in person. While Roseville receives a penny for each dollar spent on an item purchased at a register, we receive a fraction of a cent when the item is purchased online. This has meant an annual loss of three to four million dollars a year to Roseville, so it has really added up when you consider less than a penny a dollar. Or less than, I'm, less than a, yeah, a penny per dollar of purchases goes to us, and the number is going to be keep growing if the laws remain unchanged. On the expense side, many items are out of our control as well. We have to comply with state and federal mandates regarding things such as privacy, security, zoning, public records, and accessibility, that are paid through our general fund. Operational costs have gone up, such as the Affordable Care Act, minimum wage, stormwater, the AB-109 prison realignment, which means costs for enforcement and crime prevention efforts have increased. The cost to maintain and improve our infrastructure has risen as well. And although our pension liability is increasing, it actually is the only expense that we're going to see drop in the future due to the Pension Reform Act five years ago. We've read comments that the city should just cut pensions, but the reality is the city is obligated by law to pay pensions. This means that pension obligations must be paid before discretionary expenses are paid, and also that pensions cannot be reduced retroactively. So no matter how people vote on Measure B, the city must continue to pay the pensions. There will just be more or less money, depending on the outcome of the vote, for other services that we receive, unless there's a change in state law. And as we look towards the future, um, we're looking at our our five-year forecast that provides, it puts these financial recommendations into context that the staff provides. It puts council decisions into context, and it helps us identify and understand the factors and drivers that affect our revenue and expenses. So our five-year forecast shows a deficit up to $13 million in our general fund. And you'll see that the x-axis starts at $120 and that is just to give you, it's kind of a zoomed-in version of um, the top of the chart. If we started at zero, this would be really hard to read. So we just kind of cut off the top of the chart there. And this is based on carrying forward into the next five years the service levels that we currently have in the fiscal 19 budget, and that's the budget year we're currently in. With that, we anticipate a structural deficit of up to $13 million annually in the next five years. I'd like to share some of the details behind this forecast. Muni Services, our sales tax consultant, has forecasted that our sales tax increase per year will be increasing at a decreasing rate, so about a 2.7% average increase where we used to see those numbers consistently gain year over year, and they're no longer gaining. Property taxes forecast to continue to grow at a rate above 2% due to new growth and due to higher assessed values when homes turn over, and we've seen a lot of activity in the marketplace. And we forecast our pension costs based on the latest information from the CalPERS actuaries um, and information from the city's actuary. And we ended our retiree health care benefit four years ago. So the city's been taking a lot of steps to contain those costs. We have catching up to do on deferred maintenance, and we have rehab of city assets from the recession. We also built into the forecast a few additional employees each year as our city grows. And when we take the recession into account, the situation is worse. If the next recession, this is important to understand, is half as bad as the last one. This is what we're expecting, doubling of the structural uh, deficit to $26 million. A recession means less spending and less sales tax revenue, declining home values and less property tax revenue. We have some factors that are not included in the forecast, but that would definitely affect our budget in the the upcoming years. We have only um, included revenue and expenses based on current law and policy. And we haven't addressed events that may or may not happen in the future. And here are a few of those, a potential repeal of the gas tax, which means a $13 million to $14 million annual loss in funding for the city of Roseville in the next 10 years, which is $30 million over the next 10 years. If the passage of a half-cent local sales tax measure is successful, that means an additional $16 million to $19 million a year in revenue. If there's a statewide sales tax on services, um, it's impossible to determine how that would affect our city depending on the details, but it's something being looked at. Redevelopment, federal and state mandates, and a recession all affect this outlook. So people have asked us, what have we done about this? Is A lot of people, this is... Um, probably don't pay as much close attention to city government and this is the first time they've heard about any issues that have occurred. Um, we do discuss them um, throughout the year for the past 10 years at our budget workshops and we've outlined the cuts every year at our budget workshops that we've been making. So I'm gonna quickly run through those. We do have all of this information online um, in a very detailed packet in our, on our uh, Measure B website that provides a lot of information. First, we want to talk about the cuts to labor costs. Our workforce reduction began in 2007. We went from 778 full-time general fund employees in 2007 to 698 in 2018. In that time, the city grew by more than 30,000 new residents, from 109,000 to 139,000. And this resulted in a 30% staff reduction per capita as our city has grown. We reduced salaries and benefits for our employees. Employees now fund 100% of the employee's share of, impen- of pension costs. We eliminated a defined benefit plan for retiree health care in 2014 for new employees. We also set salary targets at median in the labor market, reducing on average by 10% um, across the board in our salary costs. We also reduced the rate of increases within each salary range, so we slowed the merit increases by 50%. Operationally, we've, had, we've made sure we're operating at maximum efficiency for the services we're providing, and it's been verified by independent audits. In fact, our seasoned workforce allows us to work more efficiently than what consultants usually see, and it's likely going to be changing in the future as seasoned employees retire and new employees learn the ropes and the history and the regulations. Right now, approximately 36% of our current workforce is eligible to retire in the next five years. And that's following years of baby boomer retirements already. As we look at the police department, um, I'll quickly run through these slides. We actually have six fewer officers than we did in 2007. We've reduced patrol, crime suppression, and youth services. We've eliminated positions in fire and reduced staffing there as well. In public works, we've reduced funding for street maintenance, storm drain maintenance, we eliminated engineering positions that um, have delayed necessary roadway and flood control, and we eliminated traffic engineering positions as well. In our Parks, Recreation and Libraries department, we've delayed the construction of Harry Crab and Central Park, because although the funds are available to build those parks, we don't have the funds available to maintain the parks. We've closed the libraries on Fridays, we've reduced do museum hours, eliminated special events such as 4th of July fireworks, reduced our park maintenance schedule, tree maintenance, increased recreation fees, and we've deferred maintenance on parks equipment as well. Those are just some of the highlights of some of the more public-facing reductions that we've taken, um, and as I said, a full list is available on our website. The past 10 years, staff has recommended cuts to services and compensation, and until recently, most of those cuts weren't noticeable to the public. But last year, with the reality of even more cuts ahead, as revenue slowed and expenses rose, the council directed staff to work extensively with the community to gain input on the community's most important priorities. And I know some of you have served on that Community Priority Advisory Committee and appreciate your service. This was done through an effort called Engage Roseville. It was a year-long process where we gathered thousands of ideas and opinions. Anyone who could participate was able to, whether or not they lived in Roseville. Um, If they had a lot of time or a little time, regardless of if they liked public speaking or didn't want to speak at a public meeting, they could make their opinions heard. Um, They didn't even have to live here. People who workshop or play here, use our recreational amenities, could weigh in on priorities as well. We sent direct mailers to all 60,000 households in Roseville. We established a community priority advisory committee that met four hours a month for eight months. We broadcast all those meetings live on YouTube. We conducted five flash vote polls with thousands of participants. So it was very, took about two minutes to do online. We invited all Roseville residents over the age of 18 to an in-person community conversation where we did instant smartphone polling and more than hundred people participated. We provided an opportunity through Balancing Act, which is an online software program, gamification of our budget, for anyone to balance the city's budget and provide comments to us as well. We had a record number of participants for a city our size. They've actually asked us to do webinars to help other cities um, reach out and get that kind of engagement. These were the recommendations that resulted, along with lists of priorities by department that are available, along with all the videos and podcasts, at roseville.ca.us slash EngageRoseville. People, uh, through this process, the priorities that emerged were to reduce rather than eliminate services, to prioritize efficient public safety, maintain Roseville's competitive edge, maximize flexibility and staffing levels, increase our cost recovery for city services as appropriate, Use technology and automation to increase efficiency and reduce cost. Recruit, train, and deploy volunteers where appropriate. And pursue ways to increase revenue instead of cutting or eliminating services. And that was a key recommendation that came through our outreach in the Community Priorities Advisory Committee that um, prompted the City Council to um, put Measure B on the ballot to give the citizens a chance to decide on this. The title of Measure B is Protecting Roseville's Public Safety, Roads, and Essential Services Measure. It's a half cent, um, a half cent tax on increase on our sales tax from seven and a quarter percent to seven and three quarters percent. It's a general tax which requires majority approval, so 50 percent of the people who vote plus one. It would take effect April 1st, 2019. It would remain in place until ended by voters. And we've gotten questions about this provision of the proposal. And the reason this is in place is because the problem is not going away, given the current laws we have and the current um, the policies in place. So until something changes, this the issues are going to continue. If tax laws change or whatnot. So we need a long term way to address this issue. Measure B is estimated to generate $16 million to $19 million a year, and the state can't take any of the revenues generated by Measure B. All of it stays in Roseville. It goes to the general fund, and some of the services that that Measure B is looking to fund are maintaining neighborhood police patrols, fire protection, emergency response times, maintaining crime suppression and investigation, city streets and pothole repair, parks, recreation, facilities, and programs, along with libraries. um, private sector job creation and economic improvement programs, and senior and youth services. Measure B has a Citizens Oversight Committee as well that would review revenues and expenditures. The terms and qualifications, duty, and scope are to be determined by the City Council if the measure passes. Independent audits would be presented to City Council annually and all information is made available for public review. All of these requirements are included in the language of the proposed measure. And people have asked us about sales tax facts. Roseville's current sales tax of 7.25% is actually the minimum allowed by state law. With a half-cent increase, Roseville would still be equal to or less than most in the region. And it would affect a family's expenditures by increasing by a nickel what a $10 meal would cost and increasing by 50 cents what a $100 retail purchase would cost. The estimated annual cost to a typical household is $5 a month. We have the um, statistics on how we reach those numbers in case anyone is interested. And um, we're asked how does this compare to the region? And you can see seven and a quarter percent right now is where Roseville is at along with Lincoln and Rockland. And uh, on the high end, eight and eight and three quarters is where <coughs> Isleton is. Uh, Sacramento right now is <coughs> at where are they? They are at seven and three quarters percent right now. And uh, Folsom, Roseville, Sacramento are just a few of the cities that have sales tax measures. Rockland is actually looking at a property tax assessment to fund its parks. So although it doesn't show up on sales tax, um, it's they're looking at fun, um, enhancing funding in a different way. And then the next slide shows if all the sales tax measures pass, um, throughout the region, we have no idea what will happen, of course, but um, if they do all pass, you see that Roseville is still at the seven and three quarters percent, which is still on the lower end, with um, Ileton and Sacramento at eight and three quarters percent, a full penny more on the high end if their measure passes. So as we plan for two budget scenarios, the September 4th annual (laughs) council workshop is where we discuss services that would be cut or would be preserved and added, depending on the outcome of Measure B. The fall is the time where the staff starts planning our budget for next year, so it was important that City Council have this discussion at this time. October 3rd City Council meeting is where the Council will hear a report from the Goals Workshop and uh, about those priorities that emerge from the two scenarios. November 6 is the election, and within 30 days the election results are certified, and staff uses council direction to begin planning for one of the two budget scenarios. And with that, um, I'd like to take some questions and let you know that we have all of the, if, if reading government white papers is not your thing, we have um, videos that interview our police chief, our fire chief, our parks director to kind of give you a quick overview just a few minutes long. We have podcasts if you're listening in the car or while you're exercising um, that provide condensed versions of this. Or if you really want to dive into the materials, we have all of the poll result, results and white papers um, from every community prayers and advisory committee meeting as well. With that, I'd love to take some questions. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and listen to our future editions as well. There are several other ways to connect to your city. We have multiple accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Nextdoor. We also have many free electronic newsletters on many different topics, including job openings, public safety news, city events, and more. Go to roseville.ca.us slash connect to sign up. Again, I'm Megan McPherson, and thank you for listening.